I will say it again. Successful people have failed. Successful people will fail. Successful people don't give up. You're about to hear about how low you can go before becoming the top of the game. Ken Guest is next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. Folks, I'm a salesman. I don't know if you know that or not. I'm proud of it. I hope that if you're a salesman, you are proud of it too, because I think it's one of the greatest professions that you can have. And I'm thrilled today to talk sales and talk grit. And I think those two things go together with Ken Guest. He is our guest today. He's the Chief Revenue Officer and Partner at the Ruby Group Sandler Training in Akron, Ohio. He is amazing. I've worked with him in the past and you're going to like hearing from him. He's also written two books, Digital Prospecting, which is almost, and I say almost, a Bible because nothing <laughs> nothing touches the Bible. Uh, also, Selling in Manufacturing and Logistics. He is an in-demand speaker, a sales trainer, my friend, and our guest today on Dash of Grit. Welcome, Ken Guest. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being on. And I'm glad you're here. I, uh, I, I make no bones about it. Sales is hard. And uh, Sandler Training has worked with Spire Marketing for many years and worked with me on sales training and trying to make me better at what I do. And you're a big part of that. And uh, I get to work with you every so often and, and learn from you. And I hope that our listeners will be able to learn a few things about grit from you today. Before we get into that story and the past and, and hurdles and hardships, talk about success. Things are going great for you. And I want you to kind of set yourself up because you've accomplished great things. And before we talk about the hardships, let's talk about the good stuff first. Yeah, we've, uh, we're very fortunate. We've, uh, our franchise is over 20 years old now, our Sandler franchise. We've grown to be uh, one of the top five in the world out of, I believe there are about 250 offices right now. And very fortunate in Ohio to have this success. Um, I've been part of the organization for a little over 10 years now. And it's, I guess the most gratifying thing is when a client says to you, you've helped me in my personal life as much as my professional mm -hmm. life with some of the things you've taught me. And that is, you know, watching companies grow and, and being part of that organization. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I also would say uh, one of the things I love to do is if when I start working with a client is just to become part of their ambassadorship, if you will. So, you know, if I work with a particular company, I'm, I'm all in, you know, I, I want their products in my home. I want, that's just, that's, I, I want to be kind of part of that culture. And that's, that's a fun part of what I do. Yeah. And you do it very well. And, and, and the company does it very well. Tell me more about becoming number five in the world. And I, I know well enough, if you're number five, you want to be number four, but for now that's thrilling. How do you become number five out of that many in such a large organization? Well, I think, we attributed a lot to the longevity, the relationships we have. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of sales training, whether it's Sandler or any other, any other thing, is a, is an event, right? So it's, it's you come in, you do some training, and then you're done. Um, we really want to turn our relationships into um, coaching, guiding, consulting, things like that, where we're helping people in all organiz all areas of the organization. Um, sales related and leadership related. So a lot of the relationships we have and that I have personally are seven, eight, nine, 10 years in and still, you know, we're still partnering. And I know, you know, for example, we've, you've been part of our Sandler family for many, many years and, mm -hmm. 
And that's, I think that attributes a lot of our success to that is them wanting to stay engaged and, you know, continue to help them grow and, and get better. And at the end of this show, I want to talk more about what you said about making your family life, uh, personal life better, because there's a lot to that. And the reason there's a lot to that is you just talked a lot about why Sandler, the Ruby group is effective and and strong and Sandler's strong. And I I'll throw my little plug in there. It's because it's not about closing. It's, it's not, it's not, uh, what was the, the old movie closing is coffees for closers. It's, it's not hard sell it's relationship. It's, do you really want to buy from me? If so, can I help you? It's really win-win based, um, helping people solve problems. And and that's why Sandler's successful. And of course you're doing it well at Ruby group. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, And we, you know, we tell people all the time, we don't want anybody in a relationship with us where they don't feel like they're getting a huge return on their investment. And if you need to leave us, you leave us. And, and, and we don't have people leave us very often. It just doesn't happen. So, and I think it's all about making both their personal and their professional lives better uh, through the communication skills that we teach through the relationship building skills we teach and not, as you said, not through closing and some tricky one-liner technique that somebody can learn because that doesn't that's not lasting yeah that's that's not the way you do it and that's not why the good people should get into sales and and so that's that's a a good litmus test if nothing else tell me about you ken tell me about let's talk about grit let's talk about the hard times Uh, and i know you know i'm a salesperson too tomorrow is going to be a hard time like it's always a hard time but there are things that you've overcome um and and your group has overcome and i'd like to hear more about that let's talk about a dash of grit in your life Sure. So I would say, you know, I started manufacturing sales way back in my 20s, you know, just like everybody else, thousands of cold calls and all that tough, you know, just grit to grow um, and then grew into a leadership role in my company. And then um, we we grew our business quite well in 2008. Um, I, I made the decision it was time for me to leave a family business. It was a diff- very, very difficult decision. Before um, I, or after the recession hit in 2008? Just as about the time it started. So wow. it was, uh, yeah. And it was, it was a very difficult decision because I, I loved the family member that I worked for, but our visions were becoming very different. And I had some concerns and I didn't want to stand in his way. And so I made the decision to leave the company without another job, uh, hmm. without another idea of what I was going to do. Um, and I was, you know, I think the heir apparent to potentially run that business at some point. And I just, it was, it was very, very difficult to do, but it was the right thing to do for me. Um, unfortunately, the company struggled uh, after I left and not because I left. It wasn't, it wasn't that mm-hmm. it was the recession, the industry we were in, we were in the hospitality industry, which got hit excessively hard during the recession. And so the company struggled. Um Quite honestly, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I had a, at the time, I had a two-year-old at home and uh, my wife was a stay-at-home mom and we, (laughs) savings started dwindling and I decided to try to start a business and stay in the hospitality industry. And, you know, the best thing I can say about about that experience was I didn't lose my home. Uh, That's the best thing. Yeah, that's the best thing I could say. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I had heat <laughs> and I had food for my kids, but outside of that, it was, it was a nightmare for three years. Was, and, that, was that commission sales only? Yeah. 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 So I, I started my own company, but it was basically just me in commission sales. 
So before we talk about that, because I know that's a whole another beast, I'd like to go back to, because I think a lot of our listeners struggle with, am I in the right spot? Am I making the right decision? Is tomorrow as good as yesterday? And, and they try to figure out what to do next. You, you left a job where you were on the fast track and you were solid and locked in and you made a decision to leave without something else. Tell me a little bit about that decision. What had to go into that? Did you, was it an easy decision? Sometimes oh, they gosh, are. No. Yeah. Tell me no, about gosh, that decision. No. It was, it was very difficult. I was, um, I was working for, for an uncle who was married to my, my dad's younger sister. And it was, um, you know, of course I loved him and knew him my whole life. And, and we just, at some point we, I think I knew before he did that, that we probably needed to part ways because we just didn't see, we didn't have the same vision for the company at the time. And we mm -hmm. were kind of tugging against one another. And, you know, one of the big challenges obviously was a hard decision because I knew it was going to be a blow to the company. And I had, I, you know, hoped and prayed that he would be okay. And the company would, would be okay. Um, but I also knew that I would have to have a conversation with my father who was not aware, you know, I, I didn't talk to him about the differences we had necessarily. And so all he looked at it was I was taking care of his little sister's, you know, livelihood, you know, with, with her husband's company. And mm. so I knew that was going to be a tough decision. It was going to be a tough conversation I had to have with him to get him to understand why this was best for me. I was 38 years old at the time. So not a young person. No. You know, and um, horribly difficult decision, but I knew, I think when I stopped sleeping at night yeah. because I had so much anxiety about what was going on at work every day and my wife saw it and my stress level was through the roof. Um, I knew, you know, I knew God had some kind of plan for me and that wasn't it mm. at that point. Mm. And so I had to make that decision and then try to figure out what was next. Do you think part of the plan that he had for you was to step out of that boat and just trust that it was going to be okay, trusting yourself, even though, I mean, you had a two-year-old child at home, 38 years old, not, not right out of college. I mean, no. that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough road to hoe. And yet you, you made that plunge. Is that part of the thing that you had to learn? Yeah, you do. And I, and I think I learned that one of the biggest lessons I learned out of that whole process. And then I had another decision I made three years later, which was, you know, equally difficult, which I'll talk to you about in a second. But, yep. um, but I think one of the things I've learned through this whole thing is you have to figure out what you're passionate about in life from a business perspective. You have to figure out what do I love to do? And if I figure out what I love to do, my belief system is you'll figure out how to make the kind of money you want to make at it if you mm -hmm. love it and you're good at it. Mm -hmm. And and that's kind of what I was really holding on to. That was not what I wanted to do. That's not where I wanted to end my career. And yeah. through no fault of my uncles, it, it, it wasn't an industry I was necessarily passionate about. Um, I love selling and I love leading salespeople, not necessarily in that space. And it's like, okay, go figure out what's next. But I know that wasn't it. Yeah. And then when you started the hospitality business, it, it didn't go well. Tell me more. Let, let's re rekindle that conversation. So I started a small company on my own, uh, not really competing against my family's business, uh, but similar space. Okay. And, um, and they're just in 2008, nine and 10 in the hospitality industry, oh. whether it was, whether it was hotels being built or renovated restaurants being built or renovated or apartment buildings that needed products that we would sell things like that. Nobody was buying. 
And I, and you know, probably the, the bottom, if you will, during that three years of running that business um, was, or the, or not the bottom, the realization of how bad things truly were. Mm -hmm. I flew to St. Louis and I um, was, went down in the evening to the hotel restaurant. I was the only person in the restaurant on a Tuesday night at the most prestigious business hotel in downtown St. Louis. And I asked the waiter where everybody was. And he yeah. said, he said, you know what? We have 19% occupancy tonight. Wow. And it's normally sold out every day. And that was just a realization of how bad things really were during that three-year period. Now, yeah. fortunately, but unfortunately for me, um, what kind of led me to move in the direction I am now, mm -hmm. one of the things, I was a longtime Sandler client uh, myself, the entire, from 2000 or from 1998 to 2008, working in my family business, I attended the Ruby Group uh, mm -hmm. training and had become passionate about Sandler um, in two late 2009 during my three-year independent contractor run, if you will. I had a gentleman reach out to me and ask me if I would be willing to recruit salespeople in territories for him, independent sales reps in the hotel industry, and then go travel and do ride-alongs oh. and teach them and teach them how to sell. And he paid me a little bit of money, but most of it was commission-based um, again. And it was a one-year contract. And so in late 2009 to 2010, my family and I made the decision that I was going to be on the road every, every other week. And my son was three at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I would leave on Monday and come home on Friday and travel with these salespeople, recruit them, and then travel with them and coach them and teach them how to sell. And invariably, I was teaching them Sandler yeah. at some level. Yeah. Um, the good news was it really sparked my fire for this is what I need to be doing. The bad news was I was on primarily commission and nobody was buying for the hotel industry. And so I was making almost no money yeah. through, through that whole time. Yeah. So, so were you doing, were you doing that during the three years or after the three years? During the three years, that was part of what I did. So you're so running two gigs at the same pretty time, much two, pretty much two gigs and staying away from home one week, uh, every other week. Mm -hmm. All right. So how did, how did that make you feel it during that time when you were doing that and constantly being hitting your face up against a brick wall? You know, what are you thinking then? Well, I mean, it was, it was pure survival mode. I mean, for, for my family, for me, I mean, we sold one of our cars and was down to one car because, and she would take me to the airport every other week and pick me up. And yeah. she managed our three-year-old at the time. And I was just looking to make enough commission to, you know, get on the other side of this. And I was, I was starting to open my eyes to the idea of, I've got to get out of this industry. Yeah. Um, and, and the reality was, and one of my biggest business regrets, if you will, was in 2008, when I left the family business, I probably should have came to the Ruby Group right then. And um, Mike Jones, my partner, had said to me, you know, you've been doing this longer than I have. You need to come do this. And I was, quite frankly, fear got in the way. Yeah. Fear got, fear got in the it way. It does leaving, that. Leaving an industry I was in since I was 24. And you know what's interesting? I'm just sitting here thinking, you mentioned, you said to yourself or to us, uh, God had a plan for you. And you stepped out of one position and started up almost the same 
job. You just kind of did it yourself. And, and at the same time, someone came along and said, Hey, why don't you come be a sales trainer for my, for my guys in the industry? It's almost like God has a plan, but I picked the wrong one. Yeah, I did. But he doesn't, he doesn't leave us alone. Does he? He's like, come on, dummy. You you hit the wrong button. Come over this way instead. Is that kind of the way is looking back on it? Is that what happened? Yeah, for sure. And the the funny thing is if, had the had the economy not been so bad, the gentleman that I did that contract for where I recruited, I had recruited probably the best independent rep sales force in that industry that you could possibly imagine. And had they been able to perform like they could have performed had it not been the horrific recession we were in, um, the amount of money that I was set up to make in that role, they would have made it a permanent contract. And I'd probably still be doing that. And, mm. and it would have never found my way here. So the blessing in disguise was the fact that the economy was so bad that even as good as I was doing recruiting and every single company in that industry said, you have created the, the greatest independent rep sales force across the country that any of us could ever hope for yep. because I would sell them. I'd recruit them on this, this company being one of their lines and, but nobody was buying. And so it's been, you know, that was almost my blessing in disguise to force me to get out of the, that industry. Now you and I both know that, that you don't fail until you quit. So we, you have to fail to win. So I don't mind saying this to you. You're now, I think if I'm doing my math, right, a little over 40 years old, mm-hmm. you failed in the sales industry a couple of times mm-hmm. for through or with no fault of your own. I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't go look back. I mean, we all do things and now you jump back into sales. I, I'm wondering uh, how did how did that go originally? Was it a, an instant success? Like all of a sudden your passion took over and away you went or was it still hard? I know what you do is not easy. So um, interesting story of what transitioned me to, to, to this business, yes. which was June of 2011 when I officially started here. I had built a little bit of a book of business in that previous company. I had a relative of mine that was interested in potentially first selling for me and then eventually taking over that business and offered me just a little bit of money for it. Not a lot. Um, my wife was doing the books for us, uh, the books for our business. And I remember there was a day that I was at home and she came out from doing the books. And part of the problem with the books was we would sell things to general contractors. Well, general contractors are sometimes famous for not paying on time. Yeah. Yeah. Cash flow is king there. Yeah. And even worse was in 2010, they wouldn't pay on time. Or at all. Yeah, or at all. (laughs) And I I landed a very large contract, which got us through three to six months of expenses for our family. And it took me about 120 days to get paid. Mm. And I had to pay my subcontractors before that. And my wife came out and she said, I'm not having any fun. I don't think you're having any fun. You need to do something different. And she said, there's a person that I know that we can trust. And I think you should go talk to him. And it was Mike Jones. Mm -hmm. And the reason she made that comment was because when I left in 2008 from the family business and a lot of my family members didn't know the whole story and didn't really talk to me very much for a little while. um, I got a handwritten note from Mike in the mail that just said it was, I know it was a difficult decision, but it was the right move. And if there's anything I can ever do, you reach out to me. And I'm here for you. Yeah. And um, so I went and talked to Mike and then decided to jump into this business in June of 2011. Yeah. Now, this business creates another set of challenges. 
Um, it is 100% commission with no base salary and no clients coming in. So you're coming in at zero. Yeah. And at the time in June of 2011, when I started here, my son was now five. I now have a daughter who was six months old at the time. And I had found out about six months before that my dad had stage four cancer. And I was his sole support network. And so I started this job and started trying to sell and build a book of business. And I will tell you, this is by far the most difficult thing I've ever done. It took me twice as long to have some success as I thought it would. It is a slow, slow process. And it was twice as difficult as I thought it would be. I actually thought I knew how to sell until I got into this business. And then it created a lot of challenges. So, so how, how did you do it? How, did, how were you able to overcome that gap? Well, here's the thing. My wife has been around me since 2003, and I've been around Sandler since 1998. So consequently, by default, she's been around Sandler since 2003. Okay. I start coming into the office, and, and Mike tried to do his best to give me kind of a behavioral roadmap, if you will, of what you need to do to be successful in terms of how many times you have to dial the phone and have conversations and meet people and network and all that stuff. And, it, you know, you try your best to stay on that track, but you get frustrated. Yeah. And fall into was, old were, habits and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of Fridays I would come home and say to my wife, no paycheck this time. And her response to me every single time. And I give her a ton of credit was, did you do your behaviors? Really? Did you do the things that you know you have to do for us to ultimately make it? You were married to a sales trainer. I was. Yeah. She, that's her being around Sandler, holding me accountable. And thank God for her, because that kind of kept me from wanting to jump off the cliff, so to speak. And then, you know, literally she said to me, I need you to go to work and do your behaviors and do everything you have to do and take your dad to his chemo treatments. And I got everything else. Wow. I'll handle the kids. I'll handle the house. I'll handle everything I can handle. And you just do that. And I lost my father about five months later and, um, and then just kept grinding. I think the first year here, I doubt if I made $30,000 in the whole year um, and just kept, kept at it. And then it, you know, doubled in year two and doubled in year four. And, and in terms of my production and, and it just took a lot longer than I thought it would take. But, yeah. but like I said to you earlier, I knew this was what I was meant to do. And I knew I had a passion for it. I had a passion for the coaching and the training and the selling and the consulting and working in different industries and getting to see different business problems and help companies along the way. And I, I just knew it was something that was for me. I just had to figure out. And like I said, if you find something you're passionate about, I think you figure out a way to make the kind of money you want to make ultimately. And it just it takes a long time. Well, passion is one thing, but, but, uh, commission sales with zero coming in and, and, uh, <laughs> nothing to, to bring home on a Friday is another. And, mm-hmm. and, and what, what keeps someone like you, and you, you might say Mike and you might say your wife, and, and I bet there's a lot of truth to that, but what keeps someone like you from just taking, the office job, getting into operations or doing something that doesn't require, that pays a salary, that gets you home on time, that, you know, you're never going to get rich. It's not your passion, but at least you're mm-hmm. not broke. What, what keeps you from making that decision to go against your passions and stick with your gut? I think there's, it could be some stubbornness involved. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> but I, 
I think, um, you know, there's people out there that like to win and there's people out there that hate to lose. And I'm a hate to lose person. Mm. And, and when I come home at night, you know, we had a, we have a, have a very blessed to have a very nice, nice home and a very nice neighborhood and a very affluent suburb that my children get to attend good schools. And I was not going to look my wife or kids in the eye and say, I didn't make it. We got to downsize, you know, it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And, and the, the grind that it would take to make that I wasn't going to fail. And, yeah. and that was just my mindset. So call it stubborn, you know, maybe I should have went and did something else. And, and, you know, I've had some offers in the last, you know, five, six years from clients sure. and from other things that my wife and I shook our head and say, this is hard to pass up. Mm-hmm. And, and it really came down to passion um, to say that this is what I was meant to do. I did get some really strong advice from a mentor of mine who's also a client. But um, when I had a, a very sizable offer to leave the company, um, I went to the mentor and I said, tell me why I should or shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. He sa- and he very, very quickly said, do you have a passion for this new thing? And I said, not really. Mm. And he said, are you where you want to be at the current thing? And I said, not really. And he said, are there people in Sandler that are making the kind of money that you want to make and having the success that you ultimately want to have? And I said, yep, there are. Do you think they're dramatically better than you that you can never be that good? Wow. And I said, I said, no, not really. I mean, they're great. No disrespect, but are they dramatically better than me? No. And, and so he said, so what's the difference Hmm. in every case of the people I looked at, they had just been doing it longer. And so it just made me realize, just keep doing what you're doing and ultimately you'll get there. And it just takes a while to build that reputation, if you will. I can't get this final question out of my head, Ken, and you don't have to answer it or you can answer it. There's Mike Jones and there's your wife and you had to trust Mike. Your wife brought you to him as someone that you can trust. And she supported you hundred percent along the way. I don't think you get where you're at without both, but if you had to rank the influence people who are out there trying to make a decision, who do they trust, who they rely on? If you had to rank the influence, where do you, where do you fall there? Um, it's a hard question. I'm sorry, but that's my job. No, no, it's a great question. <laughs> it's a great question. Well, I think the, the number one person I had to rely on was me. And, and so in, mm. in not in a selfish way, but in a way that like, I had to believe in my mind that if I came to this this role, that there was not beyond a shadow of a doubt, I knew I could make it. It was just a matter of of when, right? And then without my wife, would I have walked and taken that corporate job at some point without her urging me to continue to stay focused? Hmm. Probably not. I I may have considered taking that other thing at some Hmm. point Mm -hmm. Um, without Mike and working with somebody that you trust implicitly mm-hmm. that, you know, is not going to take advantage of you if you have success or, or whatever. Um, that's a, that's a big red flag. Like when I hear companies, I had a, I had a coaching session with a salesperson yesterday and he said, I got a new boss and I have some concerns that whether I can work with this person or not. And, and my advice was, did you voice those concerns to him yet? And he said, no. And I said, well, you owe it to yourself to voice the concerns. And then if the person doesn't care and you still can't trust them, then you have, then you have a tough decision to make Mm -hmm. about your future. So 
I can't stack rank those two, but, um, you know, I had to have a belief and faith in myself in this role. And then I had to have the support of both of those people, the trust in Mike and the, the sense of urgency from my wife and pushing me to do what she knew I was supposed to do too. Yeah. Um, yeah. To, or it would, or I wouldn't have made it. No, you wouldn't have. And, and, and you need all those things and, and your belief in God as well, which you've brought up a couple of times. Now um, I'm wondering, I'll make, I'll be funny and joke. Uh, now that you're successful, I know you're just, you know, feet up on the desk and packing it in every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, <laughs> what's the uh, future look like for Ken Guest? What's the next hurdle? Where do you have to show grit next to get where you want to go? I think the future for, for me and for our company, more importantly, um, I, I'm very fortunate having done this now 10 years. I get I get plenty of referrals and introductions to people and opportunities for additional business and things like that. And I don't have a shortage of that. And that has been going on for two or three years now. And and I think that's going to continue. So I don't think there's um, necessarily grit that I need to, you know, to continue that other than just to say, don't get don't get complacent and don't get comfortable. Um, and I will say this, probably my biggest regret in business was when I was about 30 to 32 years old and started having a fairly high de- degree of success mm-hmm. in my family business and, and doing pretty well financially, I took my foot off the gas and I started coasting a little bit because I didn't need it. So, and I thought to myself, you dummy, don't ever do that again. And so I'll never do that again. But I think what the future holds for more importantly for our franchise and our office, the the grit that we need is to allow and support our team members, the the other trainers on our team that are salespeople to, to help them get there faster than it took me. That's, and that takes a lot of determination, a lot of coaching, a lot of guidance. Um, You know, we've always said this, you know, Mike said, I just want to, I just want you to get to where I got faster than I did. It took me, I said it with Jordan who followed, who followed me and so on and so forth with the rest of our team. We just want people to come on and have wonderful systems and processes in place that support them and allow them to be successful um, quicker. So that's our, that's our biggest challenge right now that I think we need to get from here to there with. Yep. Well, you're, you're getting there and I know nothing makes uh, Mike Jones or you more upset than to be told you're number five. So you, yeah. you've, You've got uh, just a couple of rungs to go, but I know you won't quit. A quick uh, word about my company, Spire Marketing. We are here to help your business grow. Um, Ken mentioned that we have been part of Sandler Training for a long time, and I'm very proud of that relationship. And the one thing I want to tell you as a perhaps potential customer out there, um, I don't want your business if it's not a good fit for you and for me. I will tell you no. And, and, and Ken will have said that they helped me to learn that. Not every business is a good fit for the other. And it's up to you to find a partner, someone that believes in your success, someone that believes they can help you, and that delivers that on the other side. And it's important for you to like them too. All I could say is if you're interested in finding out more about us, uh, reach out and we'll have a discussion and uh, see if it makes sense to talk further. Did I do that right, Ken? You did it right, Brian. Very, right. very well done. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I wanted to mention before we, we left, you you brought up the idea of you've uh, <clears throat> when people say you've helped me personally as much as in sales. Tell me, I'll let you, I know what that means. And I wanted to talk about it. Tell me what it means to you quickly. Um, how, why is that? Why do you help people personally? Because I think it's so important. 
Well, I think it's two things. I think one, uh, a lot of the communication skill training that we teach is certainly things that can apply at home, how yep. you communicate with your spouse, with your That's children. It. Um, it, it's, it's certainly a big difference. And obviously we, we hope that if we help them be more successful in their career, it's going to impact their personal lives with their, with their finances too, if they're having more success in sales. Mm-hmm. So it's really twofold, but, but primarily it's, you know, if I can interact with my child or my, my spouse in a different way, because of something I learned, you know, that, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. It's the idea of listening as opposed to talking. It's the idea of caring as opposed to just getting your own way and, and yeah. doing the right things at all times. And, and I think that's really what it, what it comes down to. So thank you, Ken Guest, for sharing um, your story and your success. And, and thank you from my heart for all the, the difference that you and everyone at Sandler has made for me and my family and my career and my company, Spire Marketing. So we do appreciate uh, you being a part of the show. Ken, thank you for being a guest on Dash of Grit. Brian, I appreciate it as always. And really enjoyed the time with you. That's Ken Guest. He is the Chief Revenue Officer and partner at the Ruby Group, Sandler Training in Akron, Ohio. Look up his books, look him up on LinkedIn. He'll share great things with you. Ken, before I let you go, if someone wanted to reach out to you and say, hey, turn me into the next Ken Guest, if they wanted to learn more about Sandler Training, um, how would they do that? A couple of ways. They're welcome to email me at ken.guest, G-U-E-S-T at sandler.com. And again, we could schedule a conversation and I'd say the same thing that Brian would say. Who knows if we can help or not until we talk about it and see. Um, or they're welcome to look at our website at the Ruby Group, therubygroup.sandler.com. This is Dash of Grit. Thank you to Ken Guest for being our guest. We do this once a week. You'll find it wherever you find podcasts. Uh, take a look at the Dash of Grit show and find some uh, past shows. In fact, Ken mentioned Mike Jones, one of the greatest uh, Dash of Grid episodes ever. ever. Uh, Mike is one of the greatest people ever, and his story will knock you on your back, uh, which is exactly where he came from uh, as well. So I look forward to the next time, and I hope you do too. Until then, keep on winning, and away we go. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. 